The New York Giants are coming off a tough loss in which they got banged up versus the Minnesota Vikings. Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Wayne Gallman, Saquon Barkley continues to be out. But now a Thursday night battle. David versus Goliath. The two Goliaths and Brady and Belichick. Eli Manning, no longer a part of this rivalry. We may not have David, but we got ourselves a young Daniel. Ready to go to war. To stand up to the giant and say, this is our time. Let's take down Goliath and let's go to war. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! Welcome to Talking Giants. Pre-game slash film cleanup, a little bit of a different kind of show because of the Thursday night game versus the Patriots. So because of all the injuries and whatnot, we'll start with the Patriots and then we'll do a few little film cleanup things from the Minnesota Vikings game. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you previously recorded with my co-host, Danny King. Danny, how are we feeling going up to New England? We're going to win this thing, right? Yeah, you know, let's go with that. I mean, I'd be lying if I'm saying I'm feeling good because I'm not. I remember on Sunday when we said I hate Thursday night football because it doesn't give players time to recover. And would you look at that? We're it's, first, it's going to be a, an interesting game. Uh, yeah, that's what it's going to be. Interesting. You know, and I'm a very like going into game. I'm very positive at all times, and maybe this is maybe this is part of it being Thursday night. But when this when this Thursday night was ga- game was put on the schedule, I mean, I was going to be excited for the Patriots game no matter what. Oh no, yeah. Even like even with even without Eli being in, it was like okay, let's see Daniel Jones start his own legacy versus the Patriots. But now this might be the bleakest I'm going into a game in like ten years besides the the Geno Smith Raiders game. Like it really is. I don't I don't have any fire even though I'm going to pick us the win because that's what I do. But I just don't have that same fire, man. It's rough. The Patriots are dominant. They look like they're the best Patriots in a long time. Usually they start off slow this year. They've just been slaughtering teams. Part of that, though, we'll say part of that is they have not played a single good team. Well, I guess you could say the Bills are a good team. But they haven't played like a team that you could see battling with them in the you know AFC semifinals, divisional round. So, I mean, we'll get into it, but we are freaking banged up, Danny. Yeah, it, it's, it, it was, ex- I'll, I'll list them off right here. So we got Saquon Barkley's out, No, not really a surprise anymore, but Wayne Gallman's out, Sterling Shepard's out, and Evan Ingram's out, all for Thursday night, and Lorenzo Carter's questionable again with his neck injury, so 
yeah, we are very shorthanded going into this game, and uh, Daniel Jones is going to have to deal with a lot of adversity this game. The weather, short week, and having basically none of his playmakers. I read something that, like, all four of these guys have accounted for 58% of this team's yardage this year alone. So it's, it's going to be interesting. And what? It's, yeah, it's past 4 o'clock now. The Giants didn't call, or no, they don't have to call anyone up until 4 o'clock tomorrow. But, like, I would have thought they would have maybe brought in uh, someone or at least a, a running back maybe because I don't know about that, but that's something I was just thinking of. But, yeah, going to be very shorthanded for Daniel Jones and this offense. Yeah, with very shorthanded running back now. The only tight end we have who's like a, a playmaker is out in Evan Ingram. Uh, and I think that's a bigger loss than, than Sterling Shepard. But, yeah, like our, our, our three – our three biggest weapons on offense going into the season are out with Saquon, Shep, and Ingram. Uh, Gallman is obviously with a concussion. It's we're not going to have a running game. Like we we might as well not even. And I'm a establish the run kind of guy, but we're not going to have any kind of run game with Hilleman and Penny. I think they're going to call up the kid from the practice squad, but I wouldn't expect him to be like a huge playmaker i do think penny is going to actually get some real tailback snaps i expect him to get you know six to eight carries but hillman will probably lead the way yeah it's it's bleak man and then like uh you know daniel jones safety blanket and evan ingram is out uh sterling shepherd who has been like the third down chain movers out it's going to be a big game for golden tate and darius slayton those are the two guys that i'm looking at to at least have any kind of resemblance of moving the ball is, is really on those two guys. That's he's going to feel like he's at Duke, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's 100%. This is Duke, this is Duke Clemson. <laughs> no, but see, that's another issue with not having a run game. If you're in the Northeast right now, it is a there's a Nor'easter going on. It's about to go on for the next two days as you're listening to this. And it's going to be, it sounds like pretty crappy weather in New England. So a run game would have been very nice. But now, obviously, we won't have that. But remember, because remember that what Sunday Golden Tate was mad with his role in the Giants' offense, because you know, just all clickbaity headlines. So it was that that on that. I like how people totally took that out of context. I mean, yeah, you want to be more involved, but he wasn't like furious about it. He's like, I was back for one game, no big deal. But yeah, Golden Tate, uh, I expect him to have a be a focal point of this offense. You got Darius Slade and expect him to be a focal point of this offense. In the thick of this, I keep forgetting Cody Latimer's on this team. So, I mean, we still have free quality wide receivers, you should you could say. But tight end, yeah, that's the biggest issue. Cause we both said Evan Ingram is Daniel Jones' safety blanket, and now that's gone. So now it's going to be Red Ellison and Garrett Dickerson out there. Uh, this is when I would really hope Scott Simonson was on this team, but obviously his high ankle took him out of that. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's such a bleak game. Obviously, as we we're both going to be rooted for the Giants, as I assume most of you are. But like, I, I, I it's this is like like a, just a game that's going to happen. And then week seven is hopefully when we get the likes of Ingram back. Uh, Barkley will probably be back then. So this is such a bland game. And I mean, people are saying Patriots by thirty. I would like to see what the betting line is right now, but it's it's it's. This is probably one of the worst Thursday night games the NFL will probably have this year. If if we're assuming that this is going to be like a complete blowout, like it's Duke versus yeah, Clemson, we're going to blow said. them out. Yes, of course, of course, we're Clemson, obviously. <laughs> uh, what I, I did see a cool stat. I can't remember who tweeted it out, so my bad for not giving the credit. But the the next two weeks we have the Patriots and the Cardinals. 
the Patriots defense, uh, QB opposing QBs have zero touchdowns and 11 interceptions. The Cardinals defense QBs have 12 touchdowns and zero interceptions. So it'll be two completely different games. And, I, you know, I would expect Ingram back for the Cardinals. But we're not here to talk about the Cardinals. Uh, the Patriots on offense, I feel like this they're going to kind of tear us apart. I, unless, like, and let's talk about this with James Betcher. And I, I guess this will get into some film cleanup as well. James Betcher is not blitzing. We're blitzing 12, 12% of the time last week. I, I just don't get what James Betcher is doing. And um, I'm like I said uh, on the last episode, I'm not a call for a guy's job uh, middle of the season. But it's getting ready to be that with James Betcher. If he doesn't, like, he's not being the James Betcher he was in Arizona, where they, on season average, blitz like 36% of the time. And we're the only game where we blitz was Tampa. And that wasn't even, like, up to that number of 36. And you know what? DeAndre Baker's been playing great. I guess this is going to turn into film cleanup. So I don't, I just don't know what James Betcher is doing. He, like, we're getting destroyed defensively anyway. So why not do it taking chances? I, that's what I don't get. It's not like we're, you know, doing this bend, don't break. We're breaking. Like, if, if you're going to get torn up and have offenses dissect, you, you know, pick you apart, at least take some chances doing it, man. I mean, we're not doing any blitzing. They blitz four times against Minnesota. Like, why not try something? I, I That was the most frustrating thing going back through that Vikings game. And if you're going against the Patriots, who have Julian Edelman, who have Josh Gordon, like, and, and, you know, Sonny Michelle, who hasn't had the greatest year, but and then going against Tom Brady, who can pick a part of his own defense like anybody, like, like nobody else. He's the best, he, the best QB to ever pick up part of a zone defense, Tom Brady. Please don't go out there and run these four-man rushes and cover two, cover th- and a lot of cover three. Just blitz him. Blitz five, six on, on a third of your plays, especially on third down, and see what happens because we're getting beat either way. So I just, like, why not go out and take some chances and hopefully we can get some plays made out of it. As you said, what do we have to lose this game? We're already shorthanded on offense. This game could easily just we could throw it all at the wall. Go for it. I mean, the Patriots are going to have to play in the rain as well. So, But maybe this will all change because now this week you got both Alec Ogletree and Tay Davis coming back. So maybe he'll feel more confident blitzing because maybe Stupar and Mayo, he just couldn't feel confident going out there with them. So, hey, yeah, James Betcher, he's just not James Betcher. I'm not. I don't know what it is, why he's holding back. There's no reason to hold back. Like, in 20, what, uh, the year he became our defensive coordinator, there was talks of him, pro- like, having the opportunity to become a head coach of an NFL team. And now it, everyone's just looking at James Betcher and wants him fired. It's, like, such a downfall from him. So, as you said, just just throw it at the wall. Who cares at this point? He he's I don't know what he's afraid of because I mean you got Marcus Golden who's becoming himself. O'Shane Zimenez is very talented. You got Dexter Lawrence. Uh, I'm trying to think Lorenzo Carter if he plays, but still Lorenzo Carter he could be a game changer for you. So I don't get why he's afraid. There's no reason to be afraid. Uh, this defense will be back to having pretty much everyone this week, minus Ryan Connolly, which obviously still sucks, but. At that point, is next man up. You got Al Golcatree who played well in that Buccaneers game. Tay Davis, who he's he's a quality linebacker. So just go for it, James Betcher. What do we have to lose? It's Thursday night football. This game could it's probably gonna be a blowout. 
just go for it. Make Tom Brady uncomfortable. Make him actually have to move around a little bit, not just have him sit there, as you say, pick apart our defense. Because Tom Brady is the best quarterback to ever play this game, and he will easily pick apart this defense if freaking uh, – I can't think of a quarterback right now, but still. Like, James, James Winston had a day against us. If he had a day against us, we made Dak Prescott look like he deserved that contract, that one game alone. Just throw it at the wall. Go for it. Who cares at this point? Just uh, Yeah, just go for it, James. Uh, yeah, and if if we rush four all night, Tom Brady's going to complete 80% of his passes. That's, and it reminds me of that Pittsburgh uh, Patriots AFC Championship game a few years ago when they would rush three and just drop everyone back and Brady just tore them apart. I remember that was a game Chris Hogan had a good game. Uh, and as, as much as Tom Brady is still a really good QB, like, he is old, man, and it's he's not the same guy he was. He doesn't have that arm strength that he used to have. He's not really completing the ball downfield a whole lot. He's still a guy who picks apart defenses and, and you piss the ball on accurately. He's not like – so, like, we don't have to worry about – like, yes, they have Josh Gordon, and maybe he would be this deep, but Philip Thor sets out. He's a big play threat. Edelman's not going to beat you deep. Um, and Josh Gordon has been kind of, uh, like, not – like. He hasn't been amazing. He's had 19 catches for 280 yards. I mean, I guess that's good. But what I, what I basically what I'm saying is they don't have a Mike Evans. They don't have an Adam Thielen. So for us, if we like just sit back on our heels and let them pick apart, pick us apart, would we'll just be flat out silly, honestly. Um, like Pitt, Ogletree, and Tay Davis being back will be huge. Like that is such an upgrade over David Mayo and Nate Stupar. And, I mean, they like they were horrible against Minnesota. And I'm not mad at them because they who they are who they are. But, and, you know, injury, injuries happen, but your three inside linebackers going out and the, and the first four, five games, the first four games of the season isn't, like, isn't necessarily a part of football. Uh, and they just they can't cover. They're not good against the run. They couldn't get off blocks. And they're not a threat in the, in the pass rush game. So... Like Ogletree being out there, there's not going to be as many missed tackles. Tay Davis can go out there and fly around. If you just be like, Tay Davis, plant your foot and go. Uh, Tay Davis can do stuff like that. So having them back will be a big improvement. DeAndre Day- Baker has been playing great. So if you're going to put De- Janoris Jenkins on Josh Gordon and you want to put DeAndre Baker on, I mean, I don't even know who they're going to throw out there at wide receiver, maybe Jacoby Myers, but. You know, besides him, the only guys who have caught passes as a wide receiver for them are Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, and Philip Dorsett. So, you know, one of those guys, uh, or Dorsett's not going to be there, so maybe it's this Jacoby Myers guy, who I don't really know anything about. Um, but, and, like, they don't have the tight ends that are going to give us a big play, so I would like to see Peppers, like, try and, like, move Peppers around the field. I get that he's playing great in the box, but pit him like let him play deep a little bit. Let him, you know, have some more rangy plays because Bethea's not doing anything. So, like, if we were healthy on offense, I wouldn't look at this game as like, up, oh, we're gonna get destroyed. Because like as good as their like their offense hasn't been like the greatest show on turf. They've played against really bad teams in Washington, Miami, um, uh Buffalo, who has a has a good team, but that game was freaking tight. I, I think it was what was it, like thirteen to seven? Um they, who, uh, who else have they played? They played Washington, Phil, uh, our Miami. Um, who else have they played? Uh, I'll look that up for you. I'll get you the final answer. But basically, it's like their offense isn't like isn't like their 2007 record-setting offense. 
Like now they've been pretty efficient. Tom Brady's completing 63% of his passes, um, 7.5 yards per attempt, touched ton, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions. But Brady's been sacked seven times this game. So like their offensive line hasn't been the most dominant. In fact, it's kind of been like a, a question mark for them because they've had injuries and whatnot. And Josh Gordon's like a big, a big time playmaker, but you also don't have to be like a, afraid of him. Um, and Edelman, while he's really good in the slot, like there's things you can do to like neutralize him from having the biggest game. I know Grant Haley is is definitely not the matchup we want. So Edelman Edelman probably will have a huge game um, either way. But and they're running back. Like Sony Michelle is only averaging three point four yards per carry this season. Um, Rex Burkhead and and James White are other guys, but those are more receivers. Um, Burkhead has been all right. He's he's got twenty four carries and one hundred twelve yards. So like their offense isn't like this unbeatable offense, but if our defense like plays back on our heels, it'll just be it'll be to- just an easy game for Tom Brady. So they played the Steelers, they won 33-3. They right. played the Dolphins, manhandled them 43-0. Then they played the Jets, I think that's the other team maybe. Uh, they beat them 30-14. They played the Bills, beat them 16-10. And then they played the Redskins then 33-7. They, as you said, the only quality team they played is the Bills. The Steelers, they were not good at I'll, I'll give them credit for the Steelers. Yeah, I that was credit. The Steelers were going to be good going to this year, and Big Ben was healthy for that game. So I'll give them credit for that game. Um. But, but that was more of, like, their defense, you know? <laughs> yeah, they held them to three points. But we also, as, as you said, they're often, they're nothing special. I mean, the weather's not good. They're going to have to try and pound this rock. And, I mean, maybe this is the game Dexter Lawrence will just halt whoever their running back is. So, I, we it just depends how James Betcher plays this game. If he sits, as you said, just sits back on his heels and just let them dink a dunk on us, it's going to be a nightmare of a game from quarter one to quarter four. If he sends pressure at Tom Brady, maybe this game will be a little bit closer than we all think it could be. So it just all rides on because this is going to be a game that defense really is going to have to take an extra step up because this offense is not going to have the playmakers they usually do. Yes, they still have Tate and they still have uh, Slater, but still multiple guys are missing that are key to them. So we need this defense to take that step up. We need – I'm more worried about Antoine Buffet back there because I feel like Brady may pick on him a little bit because Antoine Buffet has done nothing special this year. He He's not good. to. If you look at the tape, he's done – he's just there. He. He's not a guy that you should be scared that, of. So. That, ex- that describes it perfectly. He's just there. He's not doing anything. They have him just playing deep center field, and he's not, like, getting to guys. He's not, like – he He looks like a, a rookie. He's not playing with instinct. Even in the run game, it's like he's not coming down. He's not crashing down to the ball. I, and this one's puzzling for me because Antoine Bethea has been good. So I, I just – I don't know what the deal is. I refuse to believe he just aged, like, overnight. Like, it just doesn't look instinctual. They have him just playing deep safety, and it's, he's just not having an effect on the game at all. Yeah, we all thought he was coming coming back with James Betcher. It was going to be like a reunion of some sort. Like, we all thought all these Cardinals guys are going to become, like, back to their old selves. Marcus Golden, he's looking like it. Like it. Olsen Pierre, he's there. But Antoine Buffet, I feel like he's regressed the most. He's done nothing. And we were both a fan of the sign-ins when it first happened. Like, this guy's going to bring some veteran leadership to this team, and he'll be our, our quality free safety. He'll be the holdover for the future, but he's done nothing. It's, it's, and, I mean, we don't have anyone we could trot out there to replace him. Julian Love is not prepared to be a free safety right now, so we have to roll off Antoine Buffet. So, this game, it's it's very possible that this game could be a low-scoring game that the defense takes a step up and makes Tom Brady uncomfortable. 
But the more likely option is if Jake Betcher plays the way he's played in the Minnesota game and in the beginning part of the season, that this will be a complete and other blowout of us. I, I'm hope. I'm hoping he becomes a James Betcher of old, but I I feel like I've said that every week so far, and it, it has not happened. So maybe I just got to give up on that and think James Betcher is now this conservative guy that's too afraid to go out there and be a wild defensive corner. He's just going to stand there and just let Tom Brady pick us apart. Yeah, this he needs he needs to send it all out this week, and I I kind of put that on Pat Shermer. Tell James Betcher to freaking ramp it up, man. Stop playing this conservative defense. Um, let's talk about our offense. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. Obviously, the injuries are huge. This is a huge – I think this is going to be a huge test for Daniel Jones. And I, I think Clemson-Duke is a great, like, is a great comparison. And it's not that big of a difference because, you know, Duke and Clemson are, are a much different than these two NFL rosters. But like, Daniel Jones had that game close in the first quarter, or, you know, first quarter of the first half. Like, that, like that game was tight. Daniel Jones is moving the ball, and he got screwed by drop passes. So, like, this has to be a game where we control the clock, and I don't think that means controlling the clock by running the ball. But I essentially think Red Ellison and Golden Tate have to be our run game, in a sense, where it's those little dink dink and dunks, just control the clock. Like, I think those two guys are the biggest key to this game. And I think Darius Slayton will be big because I think, you know, he'll he'll be our big play threat. And he's looking like a steal. But anyways, use them and that short passing game as like as your running game pretty much. And try and get Daniel Jones outside the pocket. Um, and just kind of do that kind of stuff. Try, like, try and control this game from the get-go is what I'm saying. Daniel Jones is getting some fantastic experience in his rookie year. He will not have his safety blanket, his star running back, or a quality wide receiver out there tomorrow or today when you're listening to this and it'll be crappy weather it's on a short week he's learning so much not just about himself how he can handle adversity and i think like if the giants lose this game we have to look at it at this is a step in snow for making daniel jones an even better quarterback like last week he played faced a quality defense that's a step in stone this week he's playing the number one defense in the league it's another step in so this is just all learning experience that we will look back on and say hopefully five years from now and be like damn that was this was the day when Daniel Jones really started to learn more about himself so he's gonna have to learn how to handle without his safety plan I think that I think really looking at it I think Evan Ingram is the biggest loss like we knew Saquon was a long shot but Evan Ingram he has felt so confident with Evan Ingram and losing him and like will be a steady rain game it was it's just gonna be his biggest so I feel like Darius Slayton I'm with you I think he's gonna be Daniel Jones' guy this game. I feel like Golden Tate's going to have to step up. While it's only been one game, it's a huge game for Golden Tate to come back to. So there's – it's going to be – Daniel Jones is going to learn more about himself. The Giants are going to learn about Daniel Jones. The whole 
league is going to learn about Daniel Jones watching this game. Because even though it's Thursday night, so many people watch this game, and they're going to see how can this kid handle missing out on so many players. Because it's the NFL. People don't care if you're missing players. That next man up mentality, how is he going to handle missing out on so many key playmakers? Because I don't think Daniel Jones is going to go out there and like fall. He's going to go out there, stand tall. He's going to stand in that pocket, take every single hit. He's not going to give up. He's a fighter. And I think Eli will have prepared him well because Eli's played without star playmakers before in 2017. He played with, like, what, Roger Lewis, Tavares King. Eli knows how it feels not to have playmakers out there. And I feel like he'll tell Daniel Jones just, like, be yourself and just have faith in the guys that are out there. That's what Eli did. And while sometimes it didn't work, we won in that Chiefs game when no one no one picked us to win that Chiefs game. That game was like, this is going to be a blowout of the Giants. And look what we did. We went out there and shocked the Kansas City Chiefs, a playoff team that year. I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but who knows? And the Maybe, Broncos, they were undefeated that And year. the Broncos at that point, yeah, you're right. So I'm not saying we're going to go out there. And that was without Odell in that Broncos game. So I'm not saying we're going to go out there and, and for, uh, I don't know, shock the world. But why can't we go out there and shock the world? Why can't we prove teams like we, we're good? Is it plausible that will happen? I'm not saying it can, but why not? Maybe that's a bad telling. Why not us? Well, that's the nice thing about having Daniel Jones is, you know, this won't be this isn't going to overwhelm him. Um, where a lot of and I think rookie QB, like young QBs who ended up being good like this, I think this would overwhelm them. Having all these guys out going to face the mighty Patriots. I don't think Daniel Jones has those thoughts. And that's why he's our guy. That's why like, like that's the kind of stuff like as much as we love the accuracy, um, you know, the arm strength, the mobility. That's the kind of stuff that makes and breaks quarterbacks in this league. And Daniel Jones has checked all those boxes. And it's pretty amazing, like, how confident we are going into this guy, you know, after three games. You know, and this is just more big picture talk. But as much as I hyped Daniel Jones up and believed in him, going into that first preseason game, you had those butterflies. You're like, okay, let's see if he's the guy. And then going in. To, you know, the first game against Tampa, Tampa, it's like, okay, now it's, the, now it's live bullets. Let's see, let's see how this guy, how good this guy is. Let's see if he shows the, like the traits of, you know, being a long-term Super Bowl winning quarterback. Not in, and, and, you know, he obviously showed that, but it was like, even if he plays bad, like, let's see him show those traits. So now we're at a point where I just, I just, you know, I know, for, I, there's not, if, if Daniel Jones ended up not working out, I would be completely like, my, like mine, my mind will be completely blown. Like, like that's not even an option in my head right now. Um, and I'm someone who's like kind of hesitant on young QBs. Like, and if like if and I'm that's not talking about because of the the production against Tampa. It's just all the boxes that he's checked. Like in the the mental makeup of his game. I mean, against Minnesota, and trying to split up film cleanup and and this pregame show is not working. So we're just gonna go with it. But um, sorry. Uh, in that Minnesota game, he didn't miss a single open wide receiver, and went by and when I or I, he didn't make a single decision where a guy was open and he threw it incomplete. Now I'm not saying he like he missed Sterling Shepard, but there wasn't a single decision where somebody was open and Daniel Jones tried to force it in somewhere or or something like that. Like he he made his decision making is unbelievable. Like even like the interception like. Like the interception of Golden Tate, and then there was the one play in the double coverage to Slayton where Smith got there. There was nobody else open. So, like, he was just trying to force in on, on that fourth down interception. You have to throw it. Like, it would have been more alarming if he just took the sack. It's like, dude, do you, you care about 
your stats more than trying to move this ball. Uh, so basically what I'm saying is like he, his decision-making is almost flawless. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, like how this guy reads the football field, makes decisions on third down. We, and the, and since, you know, the last three weeks, which is when Daniel Jones has played, we're third in the NFL on third down conversions. And that's all because of Daniel Jones. That's a hundred percent because of Daniel Jones, even the QB sneaks are because of Daniel Jones. And first, First is Houston, and they've been playing lights out with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's looking like he could be an MVP this year. And second is Atlanta. Well, Atlanta sucks, but like Matt Ryan is still a really good QB. They have playmakers, um, and more of their issues on defense. Their defense just gets torched. I mean, look at Houston; it's just scored fifty-three points on them. So, like that third down conversion is is like a very telling stat, and he's been unbelievable on it. And we have. The way of comparing it to way the way this team is converting on third down with Eli Manning. And it's it's like a, a 30, 30, 35% upgrade. So he's been really good in his decision making, man. It's been it's been pretty dang exciting to like go through all this tape and be like, man, this guy's decision making is damn near flawless. That's the thing. His decision making is so good. As you said, we were not converted third down. Whenever it was a third down situation when Eli was out there, especially in those first few games, I'm like, all right, Rod Dixon's already coming back out there. So, I mean, like, they're looking at Dwayne Haskins in uh, Washington. He is said not to be ready, or at least the Redskins don't believe he's to be ready. But people are saying he's better than Daniel Jones. Like, who was it? I forgot. I, I forgot where I saw it, but like there's like a video post of like saying like Daniel Jones is just it's just like a backup quarterback in this league, but now he's out there starting for the Giants. He has gotten this team, he brought hope into this team, and that's something this team has not had. So he is for being a guy that was hated through the or after he was drafted. People uh, analysis saying this guy is nothing in the league. He's a day two pick. He's just a backup quarterback in this league. To go out there and do what he's doing right now is quite spectacular and. At some point, it's hard to – like, sometimes you forget he's a rookie, how well he's played. His decision-making is unmatched right now. So this is just another good game for Daniel Jones to learn more about just the NFL. And the confidence I have in him is insane. I, I didn't think I'd have this much confidence in him this quickly where, like, I thought I would have to get the confidence up for him. But in that Bucks game, he just gave me all the confidence I needed him. And that and that Vikings game wasn't a pretty game, no. But he still made good plays. He made good decisions. And, of course, that you see the interception on stat line. But th- that was garbage time. That play didn't matter. It was just he just wanted to get something. And, obviously, that was just a forced play. He doesn't force things as t- many times as you think a rookie QB does. So he's just so talented. It's it's. Crazy to think that when we first drafted him, I was furious, and now months later, I'm like, Daniel Jones is the future of the team. Hack. I even got his jersey, and I'll be wearing that tomorrow. So, it's it, Daniel Jones is such an impressive quarterback, and while we this game might be a blowout, the rest of the season is going to be fun, knowing that he could do so many good things for us. All right, so let's talk about the receivers. It's going to be interesting to see where they put Stephon, uh, Stephen Gilmore, however you say his name. Because he he's a top corner in the league. He's more, he's one of the top guys. I don't know who they put him on. I don't think they're going to put him on in the slot. They could against Grant, uh, Golden Tate. But I like who who do you see them pitting Steve uh, Stephon Gilmore on? Do they see him pitting on Slayton, Latimer? Like I just I don't know where they're going to line him up. Um, may, my best bet is they put him on Slayton because they look at how much separation. 
Cody Latimer's been getting this season, which is like close to none. And I, I think they try and put him on Slayton and stop us from getting that big play with, with uh, Darius Slayton. That's what I was going to say, because if you look at Darius Slayton, that nice touchdown, he beat Xavier Rhodes on that play. So, and Golden State hasn't done anything spectacular. That Well, Golden State is a good wide receiver. He has good tape. Maybe Bill Belichick's just, he views Darius Slayton as the guy to be more scared of. And, and I feel like it would be Darius Slayton. Like, say, say Golden State started all four games of the season so far, or all five games, or all four games, I should say, if he wasn't suspended, then... I say Stefan Kilmore will be on Golden State, but because of that, I'm with Darius Slayton. That's who Stefan Kilmore is going to be on. Yeah, uh, Golden Tate, I think, can be like he's like the one chance for this offense. Uh, he actually could have had a touchdown on that on that first play of the game where he caught the the smoke screen out of the slot. He went inside for some reason. If he went outside, there's a chance they score on that play, and if not, if they score, they get a ton of yards. Uh, so that was, like, frustrating to watch that back. It's like you put it on the film, like, all right, let's see what happens. And the first thing you see is that. <laughs> uh, as far as Darius Slayton, Darius Slayton, just big picture, has been killing it. He's averaging 17.4 yards per catch. He's catching 75% of his targets. I mean, that sluggo route was beautiful against a, a really good Vikings uh, secondary. He has been so exciting. You know, I we try to temper our expectations with him, like after you know, per, you know, all the stuff we heard in camp. Um, but when we looked at him in Auburn, it's like, man, this guy kind of made plays. Like he he didn't have like huge drop issues. He dropped some passes, but like he's had really good hands so far. He has that big play av- ability. He he looks like a flat out steal, man. Uh, I, I'm going to be excited to see now that Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard are, are top two targets on this team around. How? They use Darius Slate because now he's not like, okay, he's this guy we can take a chance on. Now he's like a big part of this offense for New England. Yeah, Darius Slate, the Patriots are going to have to account for him because, as you said, like in camp, it did sound like there's many, or at least for the first few weeks, it's not like, oh man, this guy isn't that good. But it, if you looked at his highlights, the guy made some pretty impressive catches in Auburn. He, he, was a, he was a threat down there in Auburn. And now that he's back healthy, he's showing why he. It's a very quality receiver in that Vikings game, the touchdown, the Bucks game, that beautiful pass from Daniel Jones. So, yeah, I think the, the, the Pages are going to try and eliminate him because I feel like they think Daniel Jones and him are probably have the best chemistry right now of anyone out there. And if they take him away, then maybe they'll get Daniel Jones, like, I don't know, like lost in the pocket. But he's our best wide receiver out there this Sunday. And and if we ask Sterling Shepard, he, he'll probably be the second best. But since Shepard's not Slayton there— Slayton or Tate? Oh yeah, Slayton or Tate, obviously. But so, I'm, I'm, no, I'm asking. oh, you're asking me? You're asking me? All right, uh, Slayton, Slayton, hundred percent. Because Tate, he didn't do anything spectacular in that last or Sunday's game against Minnesota. I mean, maybe it's because he was gone for four games. The Giants didn't want to throw him out there in the fire right away. But I feel more confident in Darius Slayton right now than uh, Golden Tate. So I, they got to eliminate him. If they eliminate him, then maybe this game turns into something pretty bad. I gotta go, Tate. I still think Tate's that guy. He he was getting worked in. Uh, Shepard has, you know, he really hadn't had any time to get in sync with Daniel Jones. I I really think they're gonna fit Tate in this playbook. I think Tate, even if we get blown out, I think Tate actually has like eight catches. Um, might be very short yards per catch, but I do think he gets a lot of catches in this game, just because of the fact we don't have the run game. I think he's gonna be kind of an extension of the run game. Um, so I definitely uh, would have Tate over Slayton at the moment. 
Uh, and then Cody Latimer. He, basically, all Cody Latimer has been this season is throw up a jump ball to him. And, you know, that's I guess that's fine when you're the fourth wide receiver on a team, but wish we could see a little more out of him. But I, I, I would expect to see a couple of those versus New England, though. Yeah, Cody Latimer, he's done nothing special. He, I was you, he's just a guy that you just throw up there. Hopefully, he could catch a jump ball. So, uh, maybe this is a game where he'll have a big game, but I, I mean, I doubt it. I feel like the Patriots are going to look at Cody Latimer and just like chuckle at him. So, I'm not expecting much from Cody Latimer. If anything, I expect a lot from uh, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate. No, I, yeah, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, and then. Yeah, that's about it. Those are the only two guys that I could really see contributing to us getting this W this week. Yeah, let's talk about the O-line because that has been a hot topic. I don't think the O-line played as bad as people thought. And I understand, like, the Daniel Jones has been very pressured. Daniel Jones also holds on to the ball for a while. Like, Daniel Jones wants to make that play. He's comfortable and under pressure. So he'll hold the ball on. So those... Those numbers to me are inflated, so I don't look. I don't like. I don't look at that number and be like, "Oh my gosh." That being said, Nate Solder has been bad. I think Mike Remmers has played really well for what we've expected out of him. He hasn't. I'm not saying he's like a top tackle, but from what we expected him out of him till now, I thought he's been great. Kevin Zeitler played good. Um, I went back and looked at that goal line play. It's looking like it might have been Halapio's fault. It's hard to say. Uh, might have been a, a miscommunication, but it's looking like Halapio. Halapio played bad against, like, really bad against Minnesota, but for the season as a whole, he's been all right. He's not, like, he's not, like, a great center. He's not moving guys, and he's not, like, stalemating guys in the pass game. But I'm not mad with Halapio. Will Hernandez has continued to play really well. Nate Solder has just been, he's been bad. And it's these mental issues, man. It's, It's not like, I could deal with guys getting beat physically, but... Nate Solder continues to, and I, I did a breakdown of this, and I just looked at, okay, let's look at Mike Remmers and Nate Solder facing the exact same, like, like width of a defensive end, like a wide defensive end. And Nate Solder turns his hips, like, immediately, immediately. He's just, like, giving these guys free reign to the quarterback. Where Remmers, like, he got bull rushed, but at least he kept vertical, and that contact wasn't, like, till later in the play. I just... I don't know what the deal is with Nate Solder. I, I just don't understand why it's not in his head to get vertical. I mean, that's just taught in high school. I, I don't, I, I, I don't get it, man. And I, I, I think Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick knows that as good as anybody. And I, I really think they're going to try and exploit that. Um, the Patriots' defense, the defensive line has been unbelievable. Uh, Chase Winovich, their rookie, has a four sacks. Uh, Jamie Collins is back and just being a, a beast for them. And, you know, they got the guys in the background, but Dante Hightower is a pretty good pass rushing middle linebacker with two, two sacks, or he actually plays a little bit on the outside. Um, Lawrence Guy has been solid for them. I mean, they, they got guys. Uh, Kyle Van Noy plays on the line of scrimmage. He has two and a half sacks. They're different. Like, they, they are just killing it in the sack department. I mean, they have 24 sacks this season. 24 sacks. I get that they're playing bad teams, but that's an unbelievable number. They're averaging almost five. They're pretty much averaging five sacks a game. That's that's freaking brutal. I forgot they have they have Michael Bennett on their team. I mean, they got guys. So this is going to be a huge test for them. But like, I've been happy with the offensive line as a whole. It's just Nate Solder has been like, dude. I I, I get like that he's overpaid. Like from the day we pay, signed him, I knew he was overpaid. But I was like, okay, it's a good decision. But I expect better for, better than this from Nate Solder. 
I mean, the same thing happened last year. He struggled in the first half, but then he turned it on in the second half. So, yeah, he's he's been the biggest downer of this whole uh, offensive line. I thought it would have been Mike Remmers, and Mike Remmers has played fantastic. So, it's yeah, Bill Belichick. He knows Nate Solder so well. He knows him like the back of his hand. He's just gonna. I feel like he's just gonna expose him like crazy. It's gonna be bad. And as you said, this Patriots defense is impressive. They got guys on this team. So it's. If anything, it's going to be Naysolder that's going to be have a nightmare game. I feel like maybe they'll expose Will Hernandez a little bit, but Will Hernandez has been very solid. I feel like if the Patriots want to get after Jones, they have to go after uh, Nate Solder because he's been easily the worst spot on this whole offensive line. And if they go after him, it's just going to be a nightmare. And yeah, what Naysolder's overpaid. We can all agree on that. But you can't, left tackle is such a poor position. To the Giants in particular, because we have, what, Eric Flowers for the past four years, and now. We finally have a quality left tackle. Unfortunately, you got to overpay some guys every once in a while. And the Giants knew how valuable Nate Soldier's presence was going to be for this team. And they did it. And that second half of the season gave us hope for the first ha- the whole season this year. But right now, we he just hasn't played well. And I saw someone talk about like possibly benching Nate Soldier. It's never going to happen. Would you, would you rather have Nick Gates out there than Nate Soldier? I don't it, think so. Exactly. And that's what frustrates me sometimes is I get Nate Soldier's being back, but... People love to point out problems and then say get rid of that problem without having a solution. You, you're not going to put Nick Gates out there as your starting left tackle over Nate Solder. That's just silly. Like there's not like there's nothing. Who who could they went and got? I guess you could have drafted someone instead of Dexter Lawrence. But I wasn't in, in, in love with any of those guys left with uh, Dillard, um, uh, uh, Jawan Taylor. Like Jonah, if Jonah Williams was there, then not, you would have been calling me saying like we should have picked him. Um, even even you know, in hindsight, he got hurt. But at, you know what I'm saying at the point time is like Jonah Williams was that guy. I was in love with Jonah Williams. Uh, so like, like what what were the other options? I don't get it. And I'm not. I don't believe in drafting tackles in like this like second third round on. I, you could take a flyer on a guy like you know we took a seventh round on on Big George. And I don't like. I if you mess up a seventh round pick, like congrats. Who cares? Those are pretty much undrafted free agents. I'm I'm fine with taking flyers on those guys. But like round two through four, I'm actually not a big believer in taking tackles because that's the position that you need to really get in the first round. Um, you know, there's always there's always outliers, but you you, you catch my drift. Like, what there's what else are you gonna do at left tackle than Nate Soldier? He hasn't been like the worst left tackle in the league. He hasn't been like Eric Flowers bad, but he's just been bad. Um, and it's a lot of mental stuff. So I just I don't know what it's gonna take for Nate Soldier to like get past that mental block of being like you cannot you can't uh you can't open your hips that early like i just i don't understand why it's that hard to grasp i know like habits that hard and in that new england offense where it was quick passes like that worked but i feel like you know 21 games into his giants career that he should have that figured out by now and it's every play too it'd be one thing if he like reverted to that every once in a while but it's been every single play yeah it's 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 been quite bad. So uh, obviously, I, yeah. I mean, I have faith in a soldier to improve. He knows he needs to improve, but it needs to happen sooner rather than later. Because it, one day it'll take one guy to get off the edge and just lay the hammer onto Daniel Jones, where it will become an issue. And some people are talking about cutting Nate Soldier next year. I'm not there. I don't think I will be there on that train because he's so. What would valuable. be the point? We have all the cap. Uh, yeah. It like, just. There's no, it, there'd be no point to it, really. 
Yeah. We'll Unless someone... we drafted a tackle and, and then signed another one in free agency. That's the thing. I feel like on the Giants' needs this year in the draft, I feel like left tackle is going to be one because Nate Soldier's a guy that a left tackle could really benefit from. While obviously Nate Soldier's playing well, you'd rather have someone like Nate Soldier teach your left tackle than uh, Eric Flowers. I'm just using that for an example. So he'll. He'll be on this team next year, and I believe he'll ride out this contract unless he gets to a point where he becomes Eric Flowers. But he needs to step it up, and Bill Belichick's not going to make life easy for him this week. Maybe this is the game where he gets the wake-up call like that Atlanta game was for him last year. But he just needs to step it up because it's it's quite bad how bad Nate Soldier's been performing. He, as we as, as I said, I thought Mike Grimmage would have been worse, but I'm surprised that it's Nate Soldier that's been the worst on this offensive line. Yeah. Um... All right, so we'll we'll finish it up. We forgot to do giant factor. Danny, do you have a giant factor? I do. I I have two in particular. All it's... right, Danny, you do your giant factor, and I will not listen to you, you at all, and I will think of my <laughs> giant factor. All right, I respect go that. Ahead. I respect that. Uh, I, I went John Hilleman and Elijah Penny because uh, even though we said we, there's probably not going to be a run game this week, we do need it because the weather is going to be atrocious in New England. We need to have somewhat of a ground uh, uh, air. I can't think of the word right, but we need some form of ground attack. And I feel like I don't have the faith in John Hilleman, but I have the faith in Elijah Penny to go out there and be a quality back. He was converted tailback to fullback, so... I believe he could go out there, dude. He has some decent pl- runs in the in the uh, Vikings game, and then in the Redskins game, he had like one run or two runs, but it was still a pretty decent run. So I need Jonathan Hilleman and Elijah Penny to go out there and be the guys, but I want Elijah Penny. I have more faith in Elijah Penny than John Hilleman, but obviously Hilleman's going to be in front of uh, Penny on the depth chart. But Penny, I have so much faith in. I've been hammering home since day one, and this is another huge opportunity to go out there and prove yourself to prove that he's not only a good fullback, but he can also go out there and still be a quality running back. So Elijah Penny and John Hilleman are my giant factors. Mine is Red Ellison. Red Ellison is obviously going to be the starting tight end this week. I think he needs to be an extent of the run game. I think he needs to be Daniel Jones' check down target. And I think they need to hold him because he's going to be playing almost every down. I think he needs to be like an extra offensive lineman. I think he needs to step up his game in the blocking game. He's been a good blocker. He's had some bad moments, but he is a good blocker. I don't care what anybody says. So keep him in on some six-man protections. And, you know, he's not going to go out and do Evan Ingram things, but he can catch passes. He can, you know, find those little holes in the zone. So because he's going to be playing almost every single down, I think Red Ellison is the giant factor for me this week, Danny. I agree with that. Red Ellison, he's going to have to be huge out there. He needs to be our, as you said, our uh, run blocker. Because Evan Ingram, he's improved in that. But Red Ellison, I believe, is still better. So it's it's going to be a brutal game. Uh, I, I, as I said in the beginning, I don't have the faith going in. But the Giants could go out there and shock us. I don't think they will. But why, why can't they? I mean, Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. The Patriots defense is very impressive. But maybe they don't game plan for Daniel Jones well. But that's not true because you got Bill Belichick. But I feel like this game will be have to be won by our defense. They need to shut down Tom Brady in this offense if we stand any form of chance to go out there. But I agree with your Red Allison Giants factor. That's a good one right there. All right, let's do some game predictions. Danny, I'm going Giants 77, Patriots Zero. I think we just blow the doors off this team. Daniel Jones sets just starts its legacy against New England, and it's gonna be seventy-seven zero. 
or who knows? Maybe this will be like 2007 when when we uh I I still like those tweets that you put out at the beginning of the year when you put like the Giants started like whatever and whatever there in 2007. Maybe this is the year where we almost beat the Patriots, but we don't beat them. We just can't do it, and they keep, go on to Super Bowl to try and become undefeated. But then the Giants come creeping out from out of nowhere, and they upset. That's them. a very good point, Danny. That's a very good point. I hope the the Patriots figure it out after Tom Brady. I really do. I think they. I hope they find a great quarterback. Uh-huh. I, I like. I love Giants versus Patriots. I think it's a kind of a fun, like little mini rivalry. I really do. I, I thought you were saying you want them to. I was like, no, I want them to suffer a little bit. All right, we man, the NFL has suffered enough. All right, let let them taste a little bit of like losing, or at least have them get but to like. It's the nice that they're this dominant. But what's nice is like they're this dominant team, but we've always been their kryptonite. Like that's that like I get why the whole rest of the NFL hates the Patriots. But I don't mind the Patriots. In fact, yeah, I kinda, a, I've, I've rooted for them the past couple of Super Bowl Sundays. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. I, I don't have any issues with them because they brought us two. We defeated them to bring us two Super Bowls. I got no issues with them. And that and when Bill the Eagles, Belichick's like our like little yeah. baby, like, we love Bill. Bill loves us. Like I, I actually kind of, like, I don't hate the Patriots at all. Yeah, and I mean, in that Super Bowl Sunday when they let us down and defeating the Eagles, I was like the only one at a Super Bowl party rooting for them. Everyone else was rooting for the Eagles. So. Yeah, it's a fun rivalry. When the Giants and Patriots get together, it's always a fun rivalry. That's why this game is on TNF, because they had the idea that, one, it was either going to be Eli Manning or Daniel Jones, so it was going to be a victory for them in that aspect. But then they thought they would have, like, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram. So they they had so much hope, and that's why this was a Thursday night game. This had the potential of being a fun Thursday night game, but looking at it on paper, it might not be a fun game. But still, Giants-Patriots is always a fun game, and always it's just always fun to reminisce about the two Super Bowls we beat them in. Yeah, and... Belichick loved Daniel Jones, and that was one of the funniest things around draft time. When like everyone was crapping on Daniel Jones, like I think he'd be a good fit for the Patriots. Like you mean the best team ever? Like you think that's like you think he sucks, but you think he'd be perfect for Bill Belichick, the best coach of all time? Like that was like okay, so you think this guy sucks, but you think like he'd be a perfect fit for the greatest football franchise. Of all time, like I, I don't know, it just that was always weirded me out. It's I don't know. Um, and they wanted him. You know, there's there's reports out there that Belichick said like if he would have fell, if he would have fell, he's like he he's not going to fall to us. But if he did, like we would love to freaking draft him. Um, and I I believe those reports 100. percent Anyways, we'll be back. I don't know when we'll be back. We're gonna discuss that as soon as we get off of here. So maybe we'll be back Friday morning. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna see how Danny feels when I propose that to him. Anyways, Giants vs. Patriots, let's get pumped up for it. I know that's going to be hard to get pumped up for, but let's freaking get pumped up for it, and let's go Big Blue.